Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Westridge Podcast. This is the After Message Edition, where our goal each and every week is to wrestle with Sunday's message that we heard and see if there's an application or two that we can make in our hearts and minds together. On today's episode, I want to wrestle with this question, um, and here it is. How can people that we know who have walked with God for many years, have gone to church faithfully, they've even served the church and ministry for years, how can they just suddenly seem to walk away from God and the church? And, and I wouldn't say that that's so epidemic in our uh, community or in our community of faith here at Westridge, but we have all experienced it. People just deciding after a long walk with God, that just somehow becoming uh, indifferent to it. Um, it's just, it's perplexing. Um, and it makes me wonder, is it an indictment on the church uh, or maybe on Christianity itself? Well, I think it's a fair question and will make for a pretty good conversation. And that's what we'll be talking about on this episode of the Westridge Podcast. I'm Steve Veal. I'm going to be your host today. And if you haven't already done it, I want to encourage you to download and subscribe to the podcast. Hit that little notification button so you'll know when the next episode is available. And do us a favor too. Share it with somebody who might be listening uh, or might want to listen in with us. Uh, they can find us at westridge.com backslash podcast or on any of their streaming platforms. Well, it's always fun uh, each week when we get to wrestle with the weekend message here, but, uh, but it's even more fun when we get to do it with the person who actually gave the message, and that's our joy Today, it is our joy because we have Blake Odgers. He's our young adults director. He's also our uh, church planting resident. So, uh, Blake, great to have you this morning, man. What's up? Always a pleasure to be in the studio with the Steve Veal. Well, you made it yesterday. That's the, that might be the biggest miracle of it all. <laughs> so, here's what I'm referring to. So, I, I wake up about 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. Remember, we've all gotten back from Rush uh, late on Friday evening. I wake up Saturday morning with a text from Blake saying, hey, man, I'm not feeling good. <laughs> like, I'm struggling. And I'm thinking, oh, man. Uh, I have a backup plan this summer while Brian's gone for people who would teach in case somebody is uh, is not feeling well and we get this last minute. Unfortunately, you were it. <laughs> I'm like going, oh, no. So we spent all morning trying to figure out what would happen if you couldn't do it because you were feeling rough, right? Yeah, I was feeling feeling pretty rough. And, yeah. uh, and it all centered around like my voice was just super, super weak, congestion yeah. and a bunch of stuff. And so yeah. – you know, when you get when you get a lot of stuff like that, it, it's it's really it's late at night and it's early in the morning where it's like the worst. Right. And so my fear was that I was going to wake up Sunday morning and just not have a voice, and I did not want to right. leave a setup for that. So, so listen, so, so I've got to tell you what you cost me. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to get uh, you know I have a little uh, side hustle thing uh, woodworking on the weekends, and so I was in my shop that morning trying to get ahead on or get really caught up on a project that I'm working on for a client. And um, very complicated uh, part of the build. And um, twice, I was, I was so deep in concentration about what I was going to do about yesterday morning that I completely uh, messed up the cuts I was making. I just didn't think and um, didn't measure right and didn't check twice and so all it's that other cost stuff. cost you money. Well, it cost me three hours. <laughs> you know, what, what took about... Took about thirty seconds to cut wrong. Took me three hours to fix oh. and to redo. So thanks a lot. I'll, need, I'll send that to you. Yeah, you need send the bill to you on that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> That's right. Well, listen. You kicked off the series for us that we titled um, "They Walked with God." It's kind of a a look back in the Old Testament of those who really walked um, a life of faith 
and that we're going to be gleaning principles from all of that. Um, but after listening to your message, reading it on Saturday, and then having an opportunity to hear it several times yesterday, I thought, you know, it might your message might be they walked with God until they didn't, yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah. it was a story of King Asa in Second Chronicles 14. And so that's where I want to kind of start. I started that in the intro this morning and kind of want to start where you actually ended your message, because um, we heard for 30 minutes how well King Asa walked with God, but in the end, he seemed just to walk away from all of that. And so the question I wanted just to kind of propose to you that I kind of propose to everyone is... Um, why do you feel like people do that? People that we know that have walked with God, it seems, you know, been around the church, involved in ministry, just seem to be really in when it comes to um, the ministry of the church and ministry of the gospel even. And then the next thing you know, they're just kind of not caring, not coming to church, just even – they don't necessarily always go – in most cases, yeah. they don't like go all the way to becoming an atheist or yeah. whatever or, or agnostic or anything like that. They just stop. Following God. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, there's over two chapters, you know, that we read in Asa's life where he's just faithful. And mm -hmm. then there's just kind of this quick shift where it all, it all kind of, you know, falls apart there at the end. And the big, you know, the big verse that's kind of the crux of everything, it just says that he stops relying upon the Lord. And mm -hmm. that's kind of the root. But then it, you know, then it kind of has all these different side effects that happen as a result of him not relying on the Lord. And we see his life kind of have this, we see the effects of that, but it all kind of starts in that space where it just says, Hey, he's a King. He's got all this stuff. He's got peace and prosperity. And he just stops relying upon the Lord, just stops mm -hmm. depending. And I think, I think for us, that's like, I mean, it could be really similar where, you know, we, what we see a lot of times is, you know, people get, you know, you, you get to a place in life where you're just, established, you're not coming from a place of deep need, you're pretty mm -hmm. comfortable, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, and at that point, it's no longer, I'm doing this from a sense of, of, of need and desperation, but it's just, at that point, it's, am I just devoted to Jesus? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where there can kind of be, um, it can just kind of be a very revealing season. And that's why you know, kind of my main point when I got to that part of the message was that the most harmful thing to our relationship with God and our devotion to Jesus may not be suffering and challenge, but it could very well be success and comfort. Mm -hmm. I remember you saying that. And because um, there's just that thing where we just we just get to where we're okay. Yeah. And um, and I think especially kind of in our community and in our environment where we are here, you know, you we get to where we have the wife, we have the family, you know, we have those that kind of established um area of our lives, you know, and even just from a young adult perspective, what we see a lot of times is, you know, they, they find their person and they mm -hmm. get married and they kind of get to that, that next season. And that's kind of when they fade away because they, they kind of have that thing that they've been longing for in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think from a young adult to an adult to everything in between, it's kind of the same thing that whatever it is that, that you're, that you're thinking of that you need that once I get that, then I'll be happy. Well, when you get it, a lot of times it can make you lose your devotion to Jesus. But the thing that confuses me about this and even the things that you're saying is that, but don't you miss the relationship? Like, I mean, don't you, don't you feel like there is an, an intimate friendship with the spirit of God in your life that, you know, that you've depended on to help 
you know, like, like I know for me, I mean, I take a lot of things to the Lord. Um, I'd like to say I take all things, but I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. that good. <laughs> but, but I take a lot of things to the Lord to, to gain His wisdom and His understanding and His help. That's not, it doesn't have anything to do with my comfort. Mm-hmm. It has to do with something that I just don't know how to solve. Yeah. And, and it, what, what surprises me, and I'm not, you know, I, I think we all have a tendency to do this in a micro way, maybe not so much in a macro way, which is what we're talking about, but yeah. more just, you know, like you go a week without, you know, having much of a prayer life, you know, and mm-hmm. you feel really distant, you know, which is why I think gathering together becomes so important. But, but why aren't, why don't, they miss the relationship. Yeah. I, well, I think I think the intimacy that we have in our relationship, I mean, that's curated over time and over mm-hmm. consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's a level of which there's a lot of people who never get to that point in their relationship with Jesus. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they like they cross the line of salvation and they may even begin to read and grow and experience those kind of things. But intimacy with Jesus is, I mean, that's that's hard work and it's time. And mm-hmm. it's consistency, mm-hmm. just like it is with any relationship. Yeah. And and I think that a lot of people who this kind of happens, they uh, we we get stuck in kind of this uh, this mentality of of you know. And I don't religion can kind of be used as such a negative word, but but we we do get in this idea of just religiosity, where we just mm-hmm. we we do the things for God, but we're not necessarily walking intimately with Him. And I think that that's once again that's just a hard place to to get it just takes a lot of time um to really begin to trust and walk with with Jesus in an intimate way um where for a lot of us and I know for my own for my own life and relationship with Jesus the first i mean i i mean 6 7 years of my relationship mm-hmm. with him was was very um I'm going to work hard and try to do good and then when I fail it's going to there's going to be a lot of time between when I fail and the point where I come back to him because I don't, I'm questioning his love and I'm questioning our relationship and all these different things. And it was just because there was an immaturity in my faith and a lack of belief in the gospel. I was saved and I, Mm -hmm. and I knew that I was, but when, when, when life happened or when failure happened or when things happened in my life, um, you know, that, that intimacy with him, I wasn't confident in it. Mm -hmm. And so it, our, our relationship was fractured. And I think a lot of people, they just never get their roots deep enough mm-hmm. to where when either success or comfort happens or suffering or challenge ha- happen, yeah. that there's a depth there where, where there's a confidence in the relationship and intimacy that, that they can, they can come back and experience that again. And so they yeah. just kind of continue to distance and fall away. I think, you know, the, the thought that's running through my mind is, is we see that happen all the time in marriages, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, Marriage is young, uh, family is young, and um, and there's just an effort to work through the mm-hmm. issues. But I think maybe over time things get you know kind of slipped under the rug. Yeah, you know, less communication, less community, those kind of things, and then and the and the gap begins to widen, mm-hmm. and it widens and it widens, and and it early on I think as the gap widened a little bit, they dealt with it and they came back together. And then they would widen a little bit for a week or two weeks or whatever. Some issues would come up, and then, but then they get tired. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what I it's what I see in marriages. They get tired of of the wrestle of of bringing it back together, um, and so the gap just keeps widening and widening and widening until some at some point it just feels so 
like they don't feel love anymore mm-hmm. for their spouse because all they feel is resentment, yeah. you know? And um, it's just this wandering. You mentioned it yesterday in, in your message, you know, prone to wander. Yeah. Um, prone to leave the the one I love. Mm-hmm. So I think we see it in marriage. I think we see it in relationships. And I think we see it in our relationship with God. But there were some things that we were talking about before we um, started started taping here. Is that the right word? <laughs> taping. <laughs> I'm old, man. <laughs> Recording. How's that? Yeah. Um, about, you know, there were some signs, though, for Asa yeah. that you didn't get an opportunity to really go into much yesterday, but they were there, right? Yeah. I, uh, I had a whole other 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, On every point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, what what we see kind of in this latter half is is there's this lack of reliance upon the Lord. But what we see is he he begins to to kind of take some of the blessings that God had given him and use them in ways um, for his own kind of self gratification and and trying to secure for himself uh, mm-hmm. certain means and certain things. But the biggest one that kind of caught my attention is that we see when he's when he's healthy, right? That the prophet comes to him with a word, and he re- he receives it humbly, mm-hmm. and then responds mm-hmm. in obedience yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, but then in um, in in Second Chronicles sixteen, we see Hanani come to him with a word from the Lord, and rather than receiving it with humility, he actually rejects it, and he kind of hardens his heart against it, and then actually punishes Hanani, mm-hmm. and. Um, and so there's this, what we see a lot of times as one of the initial signs of this is there's a lack of humility with the word. So like a lack of response to conviction or, 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 or something like that. But then the biggest thing is, is an isolation from community. And you kind of cast out these people and these voices who are trying to lovingly encourage you or hold you accountable or, uh, and those kind of things. And, 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 and this isn't to belittle what, anyone has experienced maybe at the hands of, of, of someone in the church. Um, you know, I know that that church hurt is probably the loudest thing that we hear about, um, uh, from people who, who end up walking away. Um, but I, I, and I think that there are cases of that where someone within the church, you know, it's, it's not the church, right. But it's someone, a broken person within the church, um, who, who hurts you or harms you in, in some way. And so I don't want to belittle that, but at the same time, I do think that there are many cases where, it's it's the community that God has placed around us to lovingly point us towards the light, and you know we have a flesh and we have sin, and we we want to walk our own way, and and sometimes being told the truth hurts, mm-hmm. and we can reject it and harden our hearts against it. And somehow we've kind of gotten away from the fact that the church should never bring any kind of hurt or pain. Yeah, we've we've actually um, we've gotten yeah it, it's there's this mindset happening, and and a lot of it. You know, I think comes from a very beautiful place where the church wanted to redeem um, a lot of the misconceptions about it, and mm-hmm. and we saw the the grace movement, and we saw you know just right. a recovery of 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 what the cross meant and what the cross mm-hmm. purchased for us in Christ. But with that became this desire to, you know, hey, everyone is welcome and accepted as they are, which is absolutely true in Christ Jesus. However. Once we begin following Jesus as disciples and as the family of God and as brothers and sisters in Christ who want to grow in holiness together so that we can continue to reflect the Jesus that we claim to know and love, we're going to challenge each other. Right. We're going to point some things out I in mean, one another's lives because we love each other. Right. We want what's best for one another. We're the, we're the body, right? Yes. And the body has nerves. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And guess what? Every once in a while, nerves send information to us that, yeah. that hurts. It says something's broken, something's wrong. Yeah. And it and it hurts. And we and 
and we limp, you know, or, you know, I had, I had got a piece of sawdust in my eye on Saturday, on Saturday late afternoon, thanks to you. And, um, and, and I had to literally tape my eye closed. It was, it hurt so bad. And I went to bed like super early because like I, I was miserable. I yeah. was like miserable. Could have borrowed my, JP's eye patch. That's right. I, you know what's funny? I did think about that. I did think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Steve Morgan. But, um, uh, but I, I, but the point is, is my the nerves in my eye was telling me, hey, there's something foreign in here that doesn't belong, yeah. and it's causing damage. I, I actually think I scraped, yeah, you know, my eye uh, with that with that piece of yeah. um, wood. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I think about the proverb that talks about you know iron sharpening iron, yeah. right? And we use that all the time. However, you know, if you've ever seen, uh, if you ever seen a blacksmith go to work, or anything like that, when they're when they're taking that iron and they're beating against that iron, what do you see happen? Sparks right. are flying. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and we've talked about that. And, and so like we're emotional beings and things are going to happen. However, just like anything in life, we have to learn how to stick it out together to know that, Hey, Christ loves us. And we stay together, not on the basis of our own emotions or our own comfort. We stay together on the basis of Christ yeah. and the fact that he's brought us together and what he has brought together. No man can separate or tear apart. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I think for us, like we just have to humbly come to one another and be able to be honest with each other. And there are people who, you know, they can come at you with with truth in a way that's not godly or right. edifying. Right. And so I think that I would challenge the church as well with that. To, sure. That when Absolutely. you when you do have truth that you want to bring to someone, um, to do it in an, in an edifying way in a gracious manner, and but also but also at the same time, like we have to examine our own hearts to be able to know that, hey, I'm broken. Mm-hmm. And rather than assuming the best in ourselves, right? Like Jesus challenged us to, to look for the log in our own yeah. eye. And, I, and yeah. I think oftentimes we're, we're too busy looking at the speck in other people's rather than when right. someone comes to us to be able to go, hey, I probably do have a log that I'm not seeing yeah. in my own eye. And so I'm going to receive this and I'm going to pray on it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to look for the truth in it. And then we're going to have a discussion about it again. Yeah. The part I think that... that um that just is a burden. I think it's a genuine spiritual burden is that each and every time I talk to folks who are kind of in that place, mad at God, mad at the church, whatever, what, what, what really burdens me is the fact that, um, that they are, they are missing. Well, I, I think overall they somewhat missed out all along potentially, but certainly today, um, they are in a, a, a season of life where they're just really missing the blessing of God, and and they don't walk in isolation. So, particularly if it's a guy, which it really was what comes to my mind mostly, is he's not leading his family, mm. he's not leading his kids, mm. he's not setting the example, and that reverberates. You know, um, that sends ripples out. You know, to everybody in his in his community. You know, as uh, Paul talked at Rush, you know about you know that the kingdom of God is meant to go out through us. Yeah. And when it's not, you know, that it's just such a it's just such a, a win for the enemy, and a loss for the kingdom, and a loss for that family, and all that stuff. And and it's just the hurt. I think is just the fact that 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 the the enemy is is winning in that situation. It feels well. And I think that there's a lot of times where we can just. We can just know, man, we're we're falling short, right? Mm. And we can look around and we can see that, man, I want to do better. Like yeah. I want to, I want to grow. I want to do better. And I just want to encourage you, like if you're in that place, just just ask for help. Like mm. that's that's what we're here for. Like no, like we we should assume 
right? That all of us are broken and that we need help. But, um, but a lot of times I don't know that people feel that, right? That they walk in and they think that somehow we've made it, but none of us are grace graduates. None of us mm-hmm. graduate beyond our need of the gospel. And, and I think that if we can just get to a place where as a community, we stop kind of viewing this as like, you know, we're, we're coming to hang out together and, 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 you know, pat each other on the back or, or anything like that, but that we're genuinely walking with each other through the junk of life to the point yeah. that we're able to say, Hey guys, I need help. Right. And we're all able to kind of co-labor alongside one another and help shoulder one another's burdens. Yeah. I think the problem is, is we have, we've redefined safe, mm. you know, safe is a place where nobody hurts my feelings and, and I don't ever have to deal with um, somebody calling me out in those things. And which is a redefinition of safe because really what safety is, is when somebody cares enough about your heart and soul to speak the truth yeah. and love to you. And that's becoming so hard because we have become such a tender society. Yeah. We're so tender, yeah. you know, and, and get offended so easily. And it's just so easy just to say, I'm not coming back to church anymore or I'm not going to walk with God anymore. And it's your fault. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the guilt is just like, is so overwhelming. Yeah. And that's the enemy. I mean, I think the, I think we just walk right into the you know the the scheme and the plan of the enemy. Yeah, man, we could talk about that forever. We could, <laughs> but I do. I want to jump back to the beginning okay. of of your message and, and hit on something that that um, that resonated with me. Um, not for me, my own personal experience, but just it, it. I I was it surprised me a little bit because when you just made this statement, there was uh, there was a response from the folks in the room. And I thought, man, what does that mean? And mm-hmm. and here's what it was. Um, so you were um, uh, you made the comment. You said uh, you do not have to continue the sins of your parents or your grandparents. It doesn't matter where you come from or who you come from. Christ Jesus can redeem you, can transform your life, and write a new story for you and your family. Mm-hmm. And when you made that, people applauded. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, there's something there. Yeah. Um, so why do you feel like? In your mind, why do you think that resonated so much with people? Mm. I mean, I can just even speak from my own experience, you know, and there's a reason that when I was kind of reading through this story and, you know, I went to Second Chronicles and it it talks about Abijah and I was like, I wonder what Abijah's story is. And so I went, I went to First Kings where it actually talks about um, Abijah and then his father, Rehoboam, and, you know, we could get all into the history of that. But anyway, it just talks about how both of them mm-hmm. just kind of laid this pattern of sin and brokenness. Mm-hmm. And then you read the first line about Asa and it says that he does what is good and right in the eyes of the Lord, his God. And it mm-hmm. just really captivated me to think, man, this guy didn't have the greatest example in front of him. Um, but he still was able by the grace of God to, to kind of change the trajectory of, of his family and kind of redeem the past and, and, and what had been broken. And God did that through him. And so, but I can even just look at my own family, you know, I've done some digging in my, my ancestry and some of these mm-hmm. other things here recently. And there's, there's just a broken, shattered past when it comes to my family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I remember not long ago, I had a conversation with my dad that was just kind of one of those heavier, you know, conversations is, um, you know, kind of thinking about what his growing up was like, you know, and he didn't, he, he didn't really get to have a relationship with his dad. And there was a lot of brokenness there. And, um, you know, and, and, and I think there's a lot of wounds that, that obviously you would carry mm-hmm. from that. And I just took, I just took the time to just look at him and encourage him and just say, you know, dad, look at what, look at what God has been able to kind of just transform through your life. And no, he didn't do it perfectly. And there's a lot of brokenness in that. He got, yeah. my dad got saved when I was young and mm-hmm. my siblings were 
12 years older than me when I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had, they were in a, as a result of a previous marriage and some other things, but then God gripped his heart when I was young. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even yesterday they were kind of over at the house and it was just kind of this moment of, you know, his, his son's preaching yeah. at a church. And, um, just, just those kind of things where I, I was just looking at him, I was going, dad, look at what, you know, God gripped your life. And, and what you did is you just kind of took our family and the generate and you just got it one step closer. Yeah. You know, I saw that yesterday. I was, yeah. I was a ways away from you. I was, you know, maybe, I don't know, a ways away. And I just watched your dad mm-hmm. walk up to you after the first service, after you got done speaking and, you know, big old bear hug. Yeah. And, man, uh, he, he loves you so much, you know? Yeah. And so the, for, to hear you talk about his redemptive story and mm-hmm. how, and, and kind of like we just talked about here, you know, here he is um, passing, you know, a yeah. lot of that on to you and encouraging you. And I know that, that there's been some heartache for him as a dad, yeah. you know, as well as some of your, some of your siblings. Yeah. And, um, but that it obviously resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. He, he and my mom both, you yeah. know, kind of grew up in really, in really broken, broken homes and, and God gripped their hearts when I was young and, um, my siblings at that point were were teenagers and and growing up, and God has has worked graciously in in most of their lives as well. And um, you know, but but you know, I, I was just kind of born, and I just had a different growing up than yeah. than my siblings did. And and so yesterday was just a really sweet sweet moment because you know I've said it before, you know, what one generation sows, often the next generation weeps reaps. And so mm-hmm. you know, I I I think you know people may look at you know, kind of me preaching yesterday and think, but that's just me reaping what, what my parents sowed before me and what Mm -hmm. they sowed into my life and what so many people have sown into my life, including the people that helped, that helped raise me and disciple me through high school and college and all that. I'm, I'm just reaping what they've sown into my life. And I think it's the same thing that can happen for us and the future generations. So when I was kind of just thinking about this, kind of ruminating on it yesterday afternoon about that that point, yeah. and like you said, Spencer kind of came up to you and said he wishes yeah. wishes you could have spent a little bit more time there. Um, it, what when I was kind of thinking like, why did that resonate so well? Um, and I thought, you know, there's it's because there's a lot of disappointment out there. Mm. There's there's a lot of people who are just who have have a lot of disappointment with their childhood or their the way they were brought up or maybe even, you know, their family, even maybe now, you know? Um, and, and the thought that went through my mind is now, and I'm, I'm sure it exists. I'm, I'm sure it exists. So yeah. I'm, 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 maybe our listeners would know, but I was trying to think in my own mind, do I know anybody who I think has lived a godly life throughout their life or into adulthood who's whose children resent them. Mm. And I couldn't think of anybody. Mm. Now, I've, I can think of people who live religious lives. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, go to church, but then you know nothing changes through the week. Yeah, at home. Yeah, right. I, I can think of a lot of people who have resentment around that. For sure. Um, but I just couldn't think in my mind. And, and that's probably why, I mean, my gratitude that I have that just brings me to tears mm-hmm. every time I talk about my dad isn't because of the things he provided, which he provided lots of things, you know, I mean, yeah. that, that he could, he was a pastor, you know, my mom didn't work. She raised us in the home. She worked in the home. Um, so we didn't have a lot of stuff. We didn't have big vacations or anything mm-hmm. like that. Very humble. But, um, but man, I just have such affection for my dad and my mom mm-hmm. because of, 
because of that, because of just the consistency and the love. And and um, now I think I, I I think people can have a very loving and and good experiences children toward their parents and God have no part in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I know that. But I guess what I'm saying is, is I think that there is a cost and, and you saw it yesterday mm-hmm. when people have expectations of their parents that are just unmet. And and the maybe the point I'm trying to make is that if you just walk with God, mm-hmm. man, your your odds are yeah. super great. I mean, I would say they're they're perfect because I mean yeah. is the closer the more intimate you walk with God the more uh, likely, uh, by a long shot, that your kids are going to raise uh, raise up and and call you, yeah. you know, affectionate names. Well, and I think I, th- I think the thing that I would probably encourage most parents with is don't try to be the hero of your kid's story. And I think there's mm. a lot of expectations that kids do have for their parents. And I think the quicker that you can let your kid know, just being honest with them, taking the cape off and being honest with them that they don't need to hope in you, right? but pointing them to Jesus. Right, right. And, um, you know, I think that that's what so many people need. And I think there's so many dads who are trying to be their son's hero. I think there's Mm -hmm. so many moms who are trying to set that example for their daughter, and they rightfully should, you know, set that great example. However, like, don't be afraid to let your kids know that you're broken. So that you can point yeah. them to Jesus, yeah. And I think that that's where so many parents allow kind of those expectations that they had in their parents, and that they've, you know, they know their kids have in them. And I think the whole point of parenting is, once again, it's just a gift that God's given us to paint a picture of the gospel and a, and a picture of His fatherly love, mm-hmm. and just to let them know, hey, this is only a shadow. Yeah. Like I'll do the best I can, but the best thing that I can do for you and the reason that God has placed me in your life over you is to point you to Jesus, to yeah. let you know that there's someone who's never going to let you down yeah. and who is the one that you should place your hope in. Yeah, that's so good. And, and I think you hit on that a little bit yesterday when you were talking about um, that, you know, that we have a, a work to do. Mm-hmm. We have, a, we have a, there's a labor for us to engage in. In fact, I think um, you were talking about how God wants to co-labor with us, if you remember, and mm-hmm. Uh, for the transformation you were saying of mm-hmm. our of our very souls, and, and I think this is the quote you you said. You said we are not just co heirs for the reward; we are co laborers for the work. Mm-hmm. I want to say that again. Make sure everybody hears it: that we are not just co heirs for the reward; we are co laborers for the work. Mm-hmm. Speaking of repentance and uh, and reformation, so yeah. there's a responsibility uh, for us in that, isn't there? Yeah, I think. And one of the things that I can even, once again, just from my own story is there were so many seasons and years where I would, you know, I would have these tear-soaked prayers, right? God, would you fix Mm -hmm. me? Would you fix this? Would Mm -hmm. you fix that? Mm -hmm. But then I wouldn't change my habits or I wouldn't change anything that I was doing. Right. And and there's so many people that I walk with and that I talk to who they are, they're burdened by their sin and they want to see transformation happen in their life. They don't want to carry these things anymore anymore. Um, but then you ask them, okay, what are you doing, right? Like, what are the things that you're doing in your life? And, you know, they're they're spending their time with things that are only giving the enemy and giving darkness ammunition in their life. And you just go, hey, there's, there's a responsibility that we have, that God is mm-hmm. the power. Um, God is giving us power so that we can work. Like, that is the reason mm-hmm. that we have the power. It's not so that we can just sit with it. Mm-hmm. Um and and I think that it's our working in him and with him that continues to fuel that power. 
And it's kind of this mm-hmm. ebb and flow that it has, this give and take, where he gives us power and we walk in obedience and faithfulness and it fuels the power and that power fuels obedience and faithfulness and it kind mm-hmm. of goes back and forth. And that's what I, I was just, I was so captivated by that part of Asa's story where it it says that Asa takes away and Asa breaks down and Asa does all these things. And, you know, obviously it's under God's authority and it's fueled by God's power and it's and it's in following of God's leading, but ultimately Ace is the one that's got to do the work. Right. And I think that for us, that we've kind of, we've kind of lost that. And it's all about the order of things, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you, you, that all comes from an intimate relationship with God. You yeah. Know, that, that it's the power that God gives you first. It begins with a conviction in your right. heart. It begins with, and that's why, you know, and Brian, Pastor Brian's always so phenomenal about talking about this. You know, I remember asking him, you know, early on about kind of his, his habits of what he would do. And he said, man, I've got to start every single day, the first hour of my day being God's son. Mm-hmm. I've just got to be his kid. Mm-hmm. And then once I do that, I can get up and I can work. Well, yeah, you, were, you and I were talking, I'm trying to remember the context of the conversation, but we were quoting him yeah. where he says, God doesn't, God uh, never promises to make up for misguided priorities, Yeah, right? Um, when it comes to family or even your own yeah. life. And I think there's, a, there's an order to that. Yeah. And I think for, for, for so many of us, it's like, man, I've got to, I've got to get, get the gospel into my heart. I've got to wake up. I've got to believe the gospel all over again, that God loves me, that he's for me, but then I got to get up mm-hmm. and I've got to have a grace driven effort to work as hard as I possibly can to pursue Jesus mm-hmm. and to expand the kingdom. Yeah. And, and it is grace driven and it is, it is spirit led and, you know, Jesus is with us every step of the way as we depend on him, but there's a role for us to play yeah. and, and we get, and there is a reward for it and praise yeah. God that there is. However, there's a work to be done and we've got to do it because we're seeing the cost happen. Yes. In our own lives, in our own families, but we're seeing it happen in our community and all over the world. And God wants you to play a role in the solution yeah. in, in being a part of transforming your own life, your family, yeah. but our community. Well, you kind of talked about um, um, that you you hear from the Lord and then you respond to it, mm-hmm. and then you hear from the Lord and you respond to it. And one of the ways that you talked about yesterday that that we um, hear uh, from the Lord very faithfully and very consistently is through is through His Word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a, uh, a post that you put on Instagram. I saw it on Facebook because I'm mm-hmm. old school. Uh, but um, you put it on there, and uh, you were sharing how your heart has really been. Uh, developed and changed towards the scriptures mm-hmm. itself, and if I'm if I remember, it was something along the lines of that you that you used to respect it, you used to knew it was it was a it was a good uh, book for understanding and training and you know for life or whatever, yeah. but you have grown to really just love it, like have a deep uh, sense of affection um, for it, and so I, I want to just kind of dig in that for you personally, like how what do you feel like made helped to make that transformation in your life? Toward the scripture, yeah, I think for me it, it really centered on the way I viewed God, um, mm. because you know we know it's God's word, and so it all kind of matters on on how I view God, and mm-hmm. and so when I viewed God as um, kind of, I, I never had a problem grasping God's authority. I never had mm-hmm. a problem grasping God's holiness. I did have, I had a problem grasping God's affection, mm-hmm. and. You know, there's a, um, f- for me, if, if, if you don't know that someone is for you and someone loves you and has your best at heart 
it makes it hard to come to them. Mm. And what, that's what we see in the garden. That's why, yeah. that's why the serpent makes Eve doubt God's character. Mm-hmm. And, and that right. gives yeah. her what she needs to be able to take from God rather than trust in God. Mm-hmm. And for me, my doubt was in God's affection and in his character. Um, and, and so that's, that's something that, that over time he just had to redeem and, and, and fix in my own head and in my heart so that I could approach God's word and know that, that, that this is the opportunity for me to meet with my loving heavenly father who is for me and who wants what's best for me and that I can receive this word in communion with him and that I can shape my life around it. And it's going to lead to good for mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of that was as I would read it and as I would obey it, seeing God's faithfulness in and through it mm-hmm. made me want to continue to shape my yeah, life I around think that's it. That's key. I think that's really key because if you read it without being obedient to it, yep. it has no power. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's just words on a page. Exactly. It, it's it's meant to it's meant for obedience, mm-hmm. like you were saying yesterday. I think that makes all the difference in the world. I mean, to to actually make mm-hmm. it actionable. Yeah the the picture that we've kind of used before is you know either being spiritually bloated or spiritually obese or that kind of thing mm-hmm. where you just you take in and you take in and you take in, but you never do anything with it. And it just leads to really a lot of unhealthiness, which is what James is speaking to when he talks about don't be here just hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. What does that look like? What is it for you? What help mm-hmm. help me understand? Help our listeners understand when you when yep. you when it talks about doing something with it. Yeah, and we talk about obedience. Yep. Like like break that down as simply as you can. Like what that what you read a piece of scripture. Yep. Go from there. Yeah. So, um, so it's really. <laughs> It's funny, the following Jesus is not easy, but it is pretty simple. There, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not super complicated, mm-hmm. um, but it is difficult. And, yeah. and so he doesn't really he, he doesn't really ask a wide array of things of us. He really keeps it pretty simple, but they're just not easy to do. And so you know for me, when I approach God's word, a lot of times I'm looking for I'm looking for one thing and and, a lot, and once again it, it comes back to how I view God is like I have to know that he's patient with me as I figure it out that he knows I'm inconsistent and I'm messy mm-hmm. you know I think of Psalm 103 where it says he knows our frame he knows we are but dust right and so I have to keep coming back to that that God doesn't have these unrealistic expectations for me which is why Jesus came yeah is because God knew exactly how broken we would be and so as I fail and as I fall he's still kind but when I approach the text, I, I just say, man, what's, what's the one thing that he's asking of yeah. me in this? And sometimes it's, it's in my own heart. It's, it doesn't even have to take place outside the room. It's, it, it has to do with my relationship with him and in my own heart. But a lot of times he is telling me to go do something. And so, for instance, when we look at so, many of, so much of Scripture where it says, hey, the whole reason he's given us the Holy Spirit is to make us witnesses, is to, is to share the gospel and see people come to faith in Christ and you go, man, are any of us obeying that basic command? That's mm-hmm. a joy mm-hmm. that God wants you to experience in your life. That, a, that a, I would think, I think honestly, a majority of people that would claim to know Jesus have never experienced. Mm-hmm. And that's a joy you're missing out on. And it's the whole yeah. reason he's given you his spirit. Yeah. And so as, as the spirit lies dormant in our lives, as we take in the word and yet never let it come out of us through service to other people, mm-hmm. Like that's going to choke out the spirit's power in our lives because yeah. we're not obeying it. And I think the quicker that we can understand that every single bit of what God does does in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, is all for the purpose of going out of us in the lives to other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, when it comes to obedience, um, you know, just to get back to what you asked, is 
99.9% of the time, it has to do with you washing the feet of other people. Mm. It just has mm. to do with serving other people. Mm-hmm. It, it, it very rarely has anything to do with, with just you and you. Yeah. Like God yeah. is meant for us to walk shoulder to shoulder with other people and to get on our knees and wash the feet of other people. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. You know, I think I think the thing one of the things that encourages me so much and so much about the scripture when I was thinking about this question to ask you, I was even thinking about my own experience with with the with the word. Um, you know, try to read it every day. Yep. Um and and right now I'm in a season of uh of reading for mileage. Which means I'm trying to read through the book and the whole Bible in a short amount of time. Yeah. So I'm reading, you know, and I'm like counting the days till I can kind yeah. of be through it because I'm not stopping yeah. to wrestle with what I'm reading. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of so, so it, it's, it's, it's not been as joyful for me, honestly, yeah. as like when I get to read just a, a portion of it and then, yeah. you know, go through the soap process or, you know, yeah. or, or whatever, you know, or the here process um, of just kind of, Pulling out like, hey, what's it saying? What's it saying yeah. to me? You know, how do I apply it and all these things? Um, now, I do that in other ways throughout the week. You know, I'm fortunate to, to have the opportunity to do that. A lot of people wouldn't, but and I do think that there's there's seasons for mileage, there's seasons for meaning. You know, and breadth and depth. And, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So, um, uh, but what I was going to say is that that I I have found the scriptures. What intrigues me about them is that I feel like they're otherly. And what I mean by that is there is a way, a pattern of the world. And then there's a pattern of holiness and godliness, and mm-hmm. of, of there's a pattern of God, yeah. and they're not the same. Yeah. And so I think that we uh, so often get wrapped up in our understanding and our experience with the pattern of the world, and we think that that's how God operates, and God doesn't operate mm-hmm. according to the pattern of the world. He, mm-hmm. he operates according to the pattern of heaven, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, it is the spiritual first, and then and then the physical, yeah. and so. So I, it's always amazing, and what really encourages me and has grown my affection for God's word is to see um, how otherly it is, how how unique from um, the the pattern of the world, as Paul said, that that God is. Yeah. You know, it's just he just has different priorities. He has different, yeah. and and to see to see that is so faith building. Yeah. Um, so to put it very practically, like um, I can look at a situation. I think I understand it. Think I know which way it needs to go. Feel confident, and this is the, the way to move. Then I read God's word, and in the process of that and prayer, God puts on my heart to to look at it differently. Mm. Oftentimes, it's looking at it from a place of humility mm-hmm. rather than you know confidence or you know or certainty that that I need to handle it this way or that way. And God mm-hmm. just really humbles my heart, and 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 so I approach something from from that place because I and it's there is a piece of that that's very faith filled because I don't fully get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I yeah. just, I'm just being obedient, you know? Yeah. And and I know it's right, but then I I'll act on that and watch what God does. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's jaw dropping for me sometimes. It's yeah. like God, he was so right. Yeah. And this worked out so well in the physical, but it again, in that relationship or whatever the situation was. But it started out with Re, you know, renewing my mind. You yeah. know, and, a, told, and, and a lot of it too, just it comes back to our expectations too, of like mm-hmm. when, when we place expectations on God that he's not committed himself to mm-hmm. in the sense that, Oh, you know, cause it, it, and this has kind of been in my just thinking so much here in the, in, in, in recent, you know, walking with Jesus is, is there's a way that we can walk with him 
and and that we are trying to control and manipulate where we're we're doing stuff or we're obeying in order to try to get yep. a certain end mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and it's not out of a love for Jesus it's not out of a desire to just know him and walk with him and be with him it's out of a desire to use him to get what we want mm-hmm. and i think that's just something where which, we which that's faithless isn't it yeah we just have yeah. to examine our hearts as we do that and i and i just have to call this out in me like yeah. this is not something that is dead in me sure. yet where i of course. like it's still something that i have to go god I, even as i'm praying right now or even as i'm doing this i can feel myself saying, man, I want that. And I'm hoping that, man, I can get there and, or that you'll get me there. And so like, I think if we can just get to where we understand that, that God is trying to lead us to flourishing and that that doesn't look like what we want it to look like. That's the point right there. That he's transforming the inside of us right? and that we getting to walk hand in hand with the heavenly father, who is the creator and sustainer of the universe, who has what's best for us. And that best doesn't look like the way that we've defined best, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so that in the midst of prosperity or in the midst of suffering or in the midst of comfort or in the midst of, 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 of absolute pain, right? That we can still have this deep rootedness that is unshaken mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and can maintain devotion to him because we understand that he's doing something different Yeah, that may not be visible to everyone else. So I kind of want to, Head all the way back to where we started okay. to kind of wrap up our time. Um, so I want to end where where you ended your message yesterday, where we really began uh, today, with this question. And I want you to bottom line it for us. Okay. Okay. How do we avoid becoming a story like Asa? How do we get How do we get to the end or move toward the end, better acquainted with God rather than uh, more bitter with mm-hmm. the church or or with uh, its propositions or even God Himself? Mm-hmm. So I made three points, right? Examine your heart, look to Jesus, and then fully devote yourself. And I think I think I want to hit on examine your heart and just kind of close there because I think if you don't do that, then the other ones don't matter. Mm-hmm. And so I think if if we can just get to where we just understand mm-hmm. that we're broken mm-hmm. and 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 we are. Like it mm-hmm. like sin has has marred us and disfigured us in in greater ways than I think we can understand and comprehend. Mm-hmm. And that there is a deep work that has to be done in us, that God's not just trying to modify our behavior, mm-hmm. that there's a deep yeah. work that he's trying to do on the inside of us and in our hearts. Yeah. And that if we can just examine our hearts to know that, that man, that can become me, that the the, the thing that that you have in your mindset, I will never let it get that bad, or I will never become like that. No one dreams about having their life fall apart, right? You right. talk to people who are right. in prison, you talk to people who have right. gone through brokenness and so many other things, and you say, oh, did you ever dream that this would happen? Like, no, they never planned right. on that. Right. It just, they got a little off-centered, they started relying on themselves, and then just distanced and just right. kind of floated off. That's right. And just kind of got off center. And then they looked up one day and was like, what has happened? And so I think for us, if we can wake up every single day and just examine our hearts and just surrender to Jesus and know that he knows our frame and that he's there to rescue and redeem us and that he'll transform us as we trust him and walk with him and just do that. Yeah. And trust him. Yeah. <laughs> and and get other trust people involved. Him. Yeah. Get other people involved yeah. because there are things that – 
you can't see in your own heart and in your own life that God will use other people to point out in you and just humbly receive that and go to work on it with Jesus. And I'm telling you, by the end of your life, you'll look up and go, I never dreamed that my life could be this beautiful or that I could have been this whole. Yeah. And it's not that it's not that it's like, everything's just all, all, no, you know, rosy, but it's aligned. Yeah. I think that's where peace comes from is that it's aligned with what God wants and, and you feel it and you experience it. Well, and knowing that what he's told us is he wants to conform us to the image of Jesus. That's right. So beauty and, and, and fulfilling your purpose means looking like Jesus. Yeah. And so that's what I'm talking about. When you get to the end of your life and you go, I never thought that it could be this beautiful meaning, man, I never dreamed that that broken, marred person, hardened heart, messy as I'll get out could end up resembling something that looks like Jesus. So good. Blake, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being my friend. I mean that. Thank you for all the hard work you put into this message. I know it's a, it's a labor of love, you know, and I, I really appreciate, um, beautiful burn work. You know, my, beautiful my kid burn. is in your, my kids, um, one very intimately, very involved in your ministry and, mm. and you've had such a profound impact on, on his life. Mm. I'm just so grateful for for you and what you're what you're building and doing mm-hmm. in our ministry and even in his life. So, well, love thanks, you. <laughs> so grateful. All right. Well, folks, thanks for listening. I hope you've really um, enjoyed that. Uh, if you haven't already, be sure to download, subscribe, and share the podcast. Man, this was a good one, and we would love for as many people to be a part of these conversations as possible. So let them know westridge.com backslash podcast or any of their streaming devices. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I, I thoroughly believe that you probably have too. And, but we do want you just to know that we're grateful that you took the time to listen and that you are loved, everybody. <laughs>